Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the 22nd day of January in the year 2021. On this report, I will be talking about the militarization of Washington, D.C., the inauguration, and the upcoming Democrat administration with an eye toward what is really going on with all the chaos. Was all that militarization really necessary? I don't think so. But first things first, however, the Castle family is doing just fine and its efforts to cope with all this. We are in good health, and we're finding reasons to celebrate. They have nothing to do with Washington, despite the problems, headaches, hassles of life. In the City of Angels, the family daughter is doing just fine as well. I've had quite a bit of experience with wire in my life. My life of travels, I've seen a lot of wire. I know that there is nothing that makes one feel quite as comfortable as armed soldiers standing behind wire, behind chain-link fences topped with razor wire. We may not be able to protect our borders with wire or with anything else, but we can sure protect our politicians and turn our capital into a militarized city. In the end, all the military hoopla turned out to be much ado about nothing. The Democrats had to protect the inauguration from domestic terrorists. What is that, you say? Well, a domestic terrorist is anyone who disagrees with the prevailing intellectual dogma of the Democrat Party. Revolution is what the Democrats have waged against America, its constitution, the rule of law, and the centuries of English legal tradition. It is a war being fought primarily against the center of America, known to Democrats as the deplorables. Democrat politicians must have some object upon which to focus their wrath, to inspire their base, to raise funds. That object is middle America. We deplorables are, unfortunately, getting used to being hated and being demonized. Joe Biden has been sworn in. So what did he say in his inaugural address? Well, who cares? Who cares what he said? What difference could his words possibly make? He took an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States and immediately went to the White House and violated that oath. Yes, I take the position that rule by executive order is unconstitutional. I know that Trump did it too. That doesn't make it any less unconstitutional. The purpose of this report is not to attack Joe Biden personally, but to attack his ideology. His Democrat handlers will do a fine job of attacking him personally very soon, I predict. Left-wing sites are already starting to publicly discuss his cognitive decline. Damaging him is not damaging the cause anymore because the Democrat power brokers have a San Francisco progressive waiting in the wings. She is completely beholden to them. Joe has served his purpose, realized his life's ambition, so he can go away any time, any time that he is no longer useful to them. I am going to defer now to the eloquent words of a Lutheran pastor named Larry Bean, whom I met through the newsletter of Tom Woods, tomwoods.com. Pastor Bean, quote, I want to commend the left, they are much better at government than the right. The left understands that government is ruthlessness. They understand that you succeed by social and political tyranny, by quashing free speech, by crushing 
dissent with mob rule and fear by control of information, by dominating all the institutions of society, by seizing the reins of power like pyramiding interest upon interest to build a fortune out of thin air, the left has fostered cancel culture and has rolled back all standards of law and order and decency to where those who disagree will be removed. It is a fact of life and fear of being unpersoned, unable to provide for one's family is the ultimate means of totalitarian control. Whether this is done by hard tyranny with boxcars and camps or soft tyranny with social credit control, it doesn't matter. The goal is control, total, unquestionable, unchallengeable control. The left understands that the news and history are not things to report, but things to control and used for the sake of control of people. They understand the iron fist and the velvet glove. They understand how to remake education into propaganda for control. They also understand that the real power is not the doddering, demented figurehead, but rather the power is in the deep state, the swamp, the murky underbelly where deals and threats are made. For that is where the behind-the-scenes control resides and multiplies. And while most Americans are either too naive, stupid, or distracted, or afraid to fight back, while they are easily bought off with promises of free stuff and enforced equality, promises made by every despotic regime in history, and while useful idiots believe fairy tales by CIA operatives on news channels pushing silly conspiracy theories about an insurrection and a coup attempt all the while, footage from the 2016 Inauguration Day violence. Actual 2020 insurrections are available for all to see. The slack-jawed subordinates follow along like zombie lemmings, empowering the very people who will enslave them, end quote. Well, thank you, Pastor Bean, for those words. The right, on the other hand, seems to be populated by nihilistic intellectual cowards who have no principles, no set of beliefs worth risking everything for. They have nothing worth the backbone it takes to defend anything. They have nothing but empty promises made by empty suits that are just images on a video screen. The New York Times wonders on its editorial pages. They wonder if Trump's lies have made free speech a threat to democracy. They argue that free speech is not guaranteed if it harms others, and of course, the New York Times is the arbiter of what is harmful. The tech giants, the universities, the corporations, and especially the media agree on one thing, however, that is that deplatforming people, even the president, does not constitute a denial of free speech. That's how most tyrannies begin, by censoring contrary thought. There was a time not long ago when we as Americans shared certain common ideas, a common bond, we respected the Constitution. We took oaths to preserve it, and when necessary, we fought for it. We defended the ideas upon which Western civilization are based. We understood why we believe those things, perhaps with a faint memory of the ideas which are now dead. The president did make a call for unity in his speech I now quote from that speech, quote, we must end this uncivil war that pits red against blue. Rural versus urban, conservative versus liberal. We can do this if we open our souls instead of hardening our hearts. 
if we show a little tolerance, a little humility, and if we're willing to stand in the other person's shoes, as my mom would say, just for a moment, stand in their shoes. The problem with unity, Mr. President, is that we cannot unify with evil. For as the Apostle Paul said in his letter to Ephesians, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians 6.12. I think that's what we're doing, Mr. President. Right now, we're wrestling against spiritual wickedness in high places. It seems that I went to, I went to sleep last night and woke up in a parallel universe, a hostile universe. I used to debate my brother-in-law about whether parallel universes exist or not. It seems I was proven correct. In this universe, there is a spiritual void caused by exposure to it, to believing what we read on social media. And by the way, media portrays the new world to us. It is completely upside down or opposite the world that we now live in. Evil is good. Good is evil, the vile, vulgar, profane are good, law-abiding, God-fearing are bad. We are most likely to have our first female president soon, the same woman who was the first candidate eliminated in the Democrat primaries. Other countries have had female leaders without some type of Hollywood celebrity freak show, but I suppose that's part of the parallel universe world of opposites that we now live in. The Biden-Harris inauguration ends one of the most shameful, frightening episodes in American history for four years. For four years, the Democrats pursued Donald Trump with a vengeance, corrupting some of the most important agencies in the U.S. government along the way, agencies like the FBI, the CIA, and the Department of Justice when their never-ending witch hunt caught no witches. They fraudulently removed them from office by election. No court would even look at the evidence of fraud assembled by his legal team, and no wonder he was a barbarian to them. At the gates of the global order, a bull thrashing around in their china shop, the implications of this corruption are indeed frightening because we now know, or at least it should be obvious, that unless we agree with and adhere to the prevailing agenda put forward by the Democrat Party, any of us could be ruined at any time. Very few of us have the financial resources of Donald Trump, and so it is far easier and far safer for us just to submit the events of the Day of Epiphany, January 6th, were a symbolic end to the beliefs that Americans have always cherished. Those cherished ideals, such as equality before the law, we will be treated fairly and impartially by the judicial process. We have the Bill of Rights that guarantee us a trial by a jury, that is, the Bill of Rights, protects and enshrines a right already given to us by God in the minds of many Americans. That's all gone now. Finally, folks, we can clean things up, fix what is broken, recover what has been lost. On the other hand, maybe the past is gone forever. Maybe the damage is too great to ever be repaired. Is it possible that any ruler could restore the empire to its former greatness, make us great again? Not very likely, I'm afraid. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.